Greetings, welcome, hey y'all! And to my peeps, sac passe, I'm Hertine Mercier, your chief grief crusader, and today, mm, mm, mm. I'm so excited when we get to talk about real issues and we get to examine um, someone's life through their lens and provide grace. Oh my God, I just love that word, grace. I just love that word grace and and just hearing their story and just seeing grace how grace comes together for our good and no our special guest for today name isn't grace but she is saved by grace hallelujah can i get an amen to that i'm super excited i'm super excited i have so much information to share in the pack on how God is working behind the scenes to make Grief Crusaders not just a local name, but an international name, baby, baby. And let me tell you, last week, I had the opportunity to speak um, on a parenting session that went international. Yes, your girl, she was heard in Philadelphia, not Philadelphia. Oh my God, Philadelphia is in the United States, y'all. I'm tripping. Mm-hmm. I'm tripping. <laughs> the Philippines, um, Australia, people from the panel were from Australia, the United States, just all over the world. And guess who was the guest speaker that was talking about grief? Guess who the guest speaker that was talking about grief? He, he. He he, you're right, me. <laughs> you gotta pat you gotta pat your hands on your shoulders sometime time. And I'm just super stoked about that. I want to thank Pastor John Boston for um inviting me and allowing me to sit in my truth and allowing me to live my purpose of helping people get unstuck in dealing with their unresolved grief or educating people about grief and those emotions. Totally stoked about that. That was last Tuesday. You know, your girl speaking game is, is, is just on fire. I'm a speaker. That's what I do. And I had the opportunity to, I'm just speaking all this week. I'm live. If you're on my social media feed, get ready because God is doing it. You hear me? All on him. Won't he do it? I just won't he do it. And so when I say he is doing it, he is doing it. But before I can even go to how he's doing it, I got to make a major announcement. Fasten your seatbelt. Fasten your seatbelt. And what am I going to say? I am saying that guess who is offering a free did I say free? I am offering a free masterclass webinar. When you say, oh, such a good question. I'm offering a free masterclass on May 7th at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Talking about what? Grief. <laughs> I am talking about grief and how I can help you unlock your purpose by healing your unresolved grief. Let me tell you something. I won't be holding back. I am going to be giving you the business in regards to grief and helping you get unstuck. Now, I told you that I am the chief grief crusader and I cannot do that by myself. And since I cannot do that by myself, baby, baby, I am going to be informing all my grief crusaders out there 
how to get unstuck with grief and allow grief to move in a way that doesn't hinder you from living out your life purpose. You know, I have to say, I love, love, love what I do as the chief grief crusader and just the opportunity to speak into someone's life and to help them get unstuck, man. It makes me get up very early in the morning to start my day and do 12, 14 hour days. And I don't even feel it because I love what I do. Um, if you're not hiring someone that love what they do, I mean, you're really, really wasting their time and your time because the when someone loves what they do, they really help you get to a place where you get excited about talking about that topic. Um, topic because they keep you informed, they keep you educated, and they keep you motivated, and they keep you prayed up. That's the number one thing. And so, yes, I said I'm doing a free mastermind webinar, a free mastermind webinar, and I didn't give you the link. Now, this is the link. It is so simple. HerdeanMercier.com backslash masterclass. HerdeanMercier.com backslash masterclass. Do your business right now and register. Pause, listen to the episode. Now you got to come back because today's guest is off the chain in her experience and her truth. And I love it. Anybody that sits in their truth and is able to keep moving. I just love to spread that because we don't have a lot of people who are going to sit in their truth and do what they need to do. And so if you want to help me in marketing, hit me up. I got a special surprise for you. If you want to help me in advertising, I got an email that I can send out to you. You can DM and just say, I want to help you, Herdeen. I want to help you market this free webinar. I have a special surprise for you. It's a wife at brand, of course. You know you want some goodies from my wife at brand. So let me know and I will get you on our team um, as far as helping me out and marketing. What are you going to do? Don't worry, I'll give you all the list. It's a nice email with a video explanation because I'm visual. So I like to teach from that standpoint. Um, and it typically help everybody else out. Now. It is time to talk to my girl, my P2P sister who just laid her heart out, her truth. She's walking in it. And then the thing about what I what I love about it, she's not she just didn't get to a place of restoration and keep it kept it moving. Her assignment said, go back and help somebody else. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. And before I introduce her, let me give her the proper invitation to the Redefining Grief podcast by reading her bio. Latoya Matthews is an inner healing coach, author, and transformational speaker who specializes in helping women post-abortion. She does this via her one-on-one -on -one coaching program called Beauty from Ashes. Her mission is seeking more gems, which is what she calls the women in her community. See, gem means God extraordinary masterpiece. And now, without further ado, 
Here's my Peter P sister named Latoya Matthews. Hey, Latoya. Hey, <laughs> Hi, my Peter P sister. Hey, how are you? I'm amazing. I'm thrilled. You know, every time I get on the mic, I get excited. And I, yeah. and I have to tell my grief crusaders, I get excited because I know the content of what we're going to talk about, but I never know where God is going to lead. And um, that's why I don't provide questions before, because I want these interviews to be very genuine. And yeah. so to have you on and you say yes, mm, I'm just, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. But we do have to tell our grief crusaders um, how we met, yes. how this came up about. Let's just tell that story. Well, first of all, I'm honored. And thank you so much for having me on this amazing podcast. And it was just so divine because when I joined P2P, which is um, Purpose to Platform, um, and introduced myself, like, out of nowhere, Patrice said, you and her Dean need to get together. Like that would be a great collaboration. Mm-hmm. So I'm just so thankful for Patrice making the connection. Mm-hmm. And kind of after that, you know, I hopped in your messages and was like, it's so nice to meet you, you know, and it was just, you know, it was so welcoming. Mm-hmm. You were so welcoming. And I'm just so glad that Patrice made that connection and here we are now, and I'm so excited about that. You know, it, it's, it's not ironic. I use those same words of someone else that I did an interview for, Tatiana. Her episode aired last week. Go back uh-huh. and listen to that. A phone call can change your life, and she goes through her grief journey about that. And today, the very next day that I'm interviewing, Latoya, she says, divine. And that's how I introduced Tatiana. You know what? If for those of you who are new to Redefining Grief podcast, Patrice Washington is my coach, my life coach, my business coach, the woman that gives me headache because she is stretching me in every way. Like it's to the point, you know, I thought I needed to invest in Tylenol because the wisdom was so (laughs) intense and good that Sometimes it left you thinking, wow, how am I going to accomplish that? But that was the stretching that she does as a coach. If you want to know more information about P2P, (laughs) Purpose to Platform with Patrice Washington, go visit her website. Let her know I sent you. We sent you because we're doing good things out here, learning (laughs) and absorbing all the the wisdom that Patrice is um, really sending out every day in our group. And so, sis. I want to introduce you to my Grief Crusaders community, which represents that happiness and sadness can coexist with a delicate balance to life. And one of the things that I say is that life isn't perfect, but you have to live it. And in living it, you will sometimes look back and say, I made a mistake. In living it, you may sometimes look back and say, I have no regrets. In living it, you'll say, man, that was stupid tax, which now I call wisdom tax because you learn from it. But when you take it to a next step of saying, I am going to share my heart out, you know, like get people getting all up in your business, all up in your business, all up in your business, because you have turned your heartache, your pain 
into a ministry. And so introducing you, LaToya, I want to know what's your truth. My anchor is saying, the truth anchor, my very first anchor is saying truth represents freedom. What is your truth? Ooh, my truth is that I just honestly believe that no matter what we've gone through, God can all, God will always turn those beauty, that your beauty into ash, turn your ashes into beauty, Mm -hmm. you know, give you beauty for ashes. And I just truly believe that no matter what we've gone through, we can always rewrite the story. Mm -hmm. There's always a wound. There's not a wound that can't be healed. Come on now. You know, if if we truly want the healing, then we truly have to step into it and through it. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's, that's my truth. And did I ever think that? No. But once I obtained it, I'm just like, you know, this is available to everyone, not just to myself, but it can be available to anyone who's willing and open to receive it. I love it. And it represents once you stand in your truth or anchor down in your truth, that freedom um, becomes available. And for, for those of you who don't know, Latoya is an inner healing coach. She's an author, a coach, everything that I said in my bio. But most importantly, why I love her, like Christ loves her unconditionally, is because she's standing in her truth, knowing that he still loves her. And LaToya is a beauty to ashes coach. She's an inner healing coach who helps support women who have abortions or thinking about abortion or anything around that abortion arena that they feel like they are alone. You know how I say grief is this, there's a myth about grief that you should grieve alone. And so what LaToya is doing, she is creating a safe place. You know, I like safe places so that women who have had an abortion can now say they can look back or do that life review and do what they need to do to get the healing. Now, before we get to the healing part, before we get to your ministry part, Latoya, go back to that day. What was it like in making that decision? Wow. 17 years ago, 2003, I found myself um, being in this small Mississippi building in Mississippi in what we call a health department. You know, I don't know if anyone has ever heard of the health department, but that's what they're called in Mississippi. But I found myself sitting in this tiny health department, hearing those, those three words, you are pregnant. And in that moment, I had just graduated high school and I was getting ready to prepare for my freshman year in college. I had to choose from a basketball scholarship and a tennis scholarship. And I told and I chose my tennis scholarship. So I'm sitting there and I'm just like, this can't be happening. And I can remember saying in my mind, I began rationalizing. I began telling myself that I didn't have the support that me and my mom weren't on good terms, that I had these great opportunities that I just couldn't miss out on. Mm -hmm. And I knew that the environment that I was in was not conducive to raise a child in. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So before I could even tell anybody, I had already made up in my mind that this was going to be the best decision for me. And so I left the health department. I got my um, procedure scheduled. And then I had to drive like an hour away to get to this clinic. And I remember arriving at the clinic on that day. And I had to walk past the protesters that were outside. I just remember hanging my head low so that no one could see me. Not that anyone knew me mm-hmm. that was there, but just being embarrassed by walking in and passing these protesters, just letting you know, mm-hmm. you know, you're like this bad person headed into this clinic. Mm-hmm. And I can remember being in that waiting room, feeling so small, mm-hmm. waiting for them to call me back for this procedure and being on to fill out this paperwork and just being there with no one there with me, just being alone in that moment. And I can remember being on that table, having this done and then sitting in the waiting room afterwards because they were, you know, they take you to, they take you to a waiting room afterwards so that you can heal a little bit. Mm -hmm. After that, I just remember walking out of the clinic with nobody there to greet me, nobody to say it's going to be okay. And I immediately went school shopping afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like that's just, now that I think about it, it was just crazy. Like to leave something mm-hmm. so traumatic mm-hmm. in my mind and go school shopping. Mm-hmm. But I went school shopping. And then later that night I found myself sitting in a room in my, at my cousin's house mm-hmm. and all of a sudden, everything just came crashing down. I just started bawling. Mm-hmm. I'm sitting in this room by myself, just crying, crying, asking myself, what did I, what did I just do? Mm-hmm. Like, what have you done? And I can remember praying, asking God to forgive me. Mm-hmm. Not only that night, but every day for the next six or seven years. Mm-hmm. I prayed every day that God would forgive me. And, you know, and that was just like the hardest time mm-hmm. that I've you know, been through in my life. And I just was tormented by the thoughts of, you know, guilt and just feeling shameful, mm-hmm. you know, that God could never forgive me for this. Mm. I want to go back to something you said. You said when you got back to your room, you begin to weep and you cry. What did those tears represent to you looking back? At that time, those tears represented guiltiness. It represented shame. Mm -hmm. It represented so much. It almost just was like selfishness. Like, how could you be so selfish to do something like this? And at that moment, that's what those tears represented for me looking back. It was just like Mm -hmm. this real heaviness of a decision that I chose to make that I thought was the best for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I know we often talk about um, the guilt and the shame that comes with life, period. But sometimes when you're sitting alone and no one to talk to, oh, yes, you eventually went to your cousin's house and you find that you're in this the saturated feeling, it feels like a cloud is following you everywhere you go. Yes. Yes. Like it feels so, so that feeling, no matter what the situation is, 
in your life, you still feel that feeling. So what was, what was it that made the cloud go away for you? So after this was living in Mississippi, after I graduated college, I moved to Georgia Mm -hmm. in 2006. And so I think it was around 2010, 2011, my pastor introduced this book to us by Lisa Bevere called The True Measure of a Woman. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm just thinking this is just going to be another book that we're reading, you know, going through just. Q&A sessions when we meet up Mm -hmm. but I found myself sitting in my large master bedroom Mm -hmm. sitting on the bed by myself reading chapter two and getting to the end of chapter two and at the end of this chapter this chapter was called cleaning out your closet Mm -hmm. and at the end chapter there was two questions that shook me and just had me stuck I don't know if you've ever, have you ever sat in a room that feels so big, but all of a sudden it felt so small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I know that feeling. <laughs> in that moment, the room became small. Those two questions that she asked was one, what's in your closet that needs to be cleaned out? Mm, that truth. Ooh. Yes. And in that moment, I knew that I had to get, this stained piece called abortion out of my closet Mm -hmm. and finally face it head on. And the second question that she asked was, what is it that you have to offer to others? And I remember being stuck on that question, fighting through the tears. Mm -hmm. And I wrote, I feel I don't have anything to offer to anyone else because of the decision that I had made. I felt unworthy. Mm -hmm. I felt useless. I felt that I didn't have anything of value to give to anyone else. Mm -hmm. I knew that I wanted to help women. But in that moment, the enemy made me feel that I had nothing, that I was worthless, Mm -hmm. that there was no value to what I had that could be given to anybody else. And so I remember just sitting there just crying. And finally, we we met up to talk about this chapter and we went through the questions and I remember giving my answers to this question and I remember telling them what I needed to clean out of my closet Mm -hmm. and remember telling my pastors and the women that I had prayed every day for six seven years that God would forgive me and in that moment and I just want to backpedal a little bit before I say this For six or seven years, there was always this pain that I had in my stomach as a reminder to what I had done. Mm. It was like this pain that I would feel all of a sudden. And it was always, it always felt like a reminder to remind me of the decision that I had made. And so coming with the group and answering those questions, and I finally said, you know, this is, this is what I've done. And I prayed every night for God to forgive me immediately my pastor told me god forgave you god forgave you the very first time that you said that that i prayed Mm -hmm. and in that moment 
when I received that, mm-hmm. I haven't had any pain in my stomach since that moment. Mm-hmm. And it was like a moment of freedom that I received. And it was just like God knew the very time, the very moment that I needed to receive my freedom. And that was then mm-hmm. because he knew that I was ready because I was tired of fighting through the suicidal thoughts. I was Mm. tired of dealing with the thought of not being good enough or Mm -hmm. the thought that God could never love me because of my decision. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And that was the day that I received my forgiveness and received the door to being open for me to step into that freedom that I needed. Sis, I got to tell you, thank you. Thank you for pushing through. Thank you. And I need to tell you that because oftentimes I know what it feels like to say, this isn't God. This is not what you called for me. You know, this life is tough right now. Can you just call me home? Just right. Yes. Call me home. But what I realized, I had community that I can say, help. I could have stretched my hands out and said, help. And that's why as a grief crusader, the chief grief crusader, I'm creating community. So individuals who even have that thought from any type of loss, because loss is just not, or grief is just not the death of someone. It's anything, abortion, um, illegal issues your your spouse has gone to prison you're struggling with this change your normalcy is gone your your emotional balance is imbalanced okay and so having you have a mental well-being is key but what i do know is you got to be able to know that you can tap in for help because when you don't know you can tap in for help that's when that myth becomes true in a sense. You believe internally in your mind that mm-hmm. help is not on the way. And so my only solution now is to take my own life. Yes. And that's, you know, I went into a shell because mm-hmm. there was one person that I thought that I trusted, I could trust. I told her and she told someone else. Mm-hmm. And so in that I went into a shell and put up a wall and, you know, for that, those years didn't let anyone in or didn't even think help was available to me because I had sheltered myself and put myself in a place where I didn't want to receive because I'm just like, it's just going to be like this situation. Someone's going to tell and it's going to break the trust again Mm -hmm. and cause me to go into my shell and cause me to go into isolation. Mm-hmm. But just like you said, help is available. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, God sent my pastor to give me that help that I needed mm-hmm. to get me through. Yeah. And you know, the truth of the matter is, it's not the title that he was or is a pastor, it was his heart who saw you through the lens of God. Because we know, can I just tell the truth? Not all pastors would have given you that advice. Some experience I've heard, some pastors have left that person, that church member, worst off before they even came in and told that truth. 
But I'm so grateful for that, that individual who stood and said, set yourself free. Because what I see happening is you talked about the shell. You talked, you talked about feeling the feeling came up of possibly now you have a relationship where you thought you can trust an individual and they stabbed you in the back. Here you are already feel that you're not worthy. You've been praying for seven years straight. Your stomach is hurting you. You have this dark cloud of grief, or I should say what you describe as regret. Yes. Yes. Just kind to just shadowing you everywhere you go. And here's someone who says, set yourself free. Yes. And now in setting yourself free, you are now the inner healing coach who's helping to create safe spaces where individuals can be seen, heard, and validated. Come on. Yes. And that's what I try to provide on my platform to give what I didn't have. Mm. And I always say that my platform is a place when you visit my digital home, I want to make sure that you feel hope, healing, and a dose of heaven. Mm. I want to make sure that you experience those things because those three things are so important when dealing with, like you said, with any type of grief, mm-hmm. you know, if you always have to have some type of hope. And I just want to make sure that I provide that safe space, that non-judgmental space mm-hmm. that helps you move forward in your healing journey. Yeah. And so it takes me now back to the connection anchor and saying there's power in community. And I'm going to say dot, dot, dot the right community. Yes. Because tell me what you can tell our listeners. What would the right community look like for someone who's had an abortion? What would, what does it look like supporting someone who's had an abortion and, and are feeling maybe some of the feelings you felt or have their own internal feelings that they're dealing with? How do we support someone and love them like Christ loves them? The right community looks like someone being there for you, not judging you, Mm -hmm. but providing a space for you to be able to fill out those feelings that you're feeling. You may not, you don't even have to say anything, but maybe rub my back. Let me know that you're aware that you see me reaffirm me and let me know that I'm still a great person, that I'm still a great individual who has a future still ahead for her. Mm -hmm. Be there when I need you and just, just know that I'm dealing with some things. My attitude may be because of course, when you have an abortion, your hormones are out of whack as well. Mm. And so I'm dealing with these hormones Mm-hmm. But just know that it has nothing to do with you, but I'm still, I'm just trying to feel through this uncharted territory that I'm going through right now, mm-hmm. but just be there for me and just let me know that you're there. Mm. So listen, and you know, oftentimes I say to individuals, people are feel uncomfortable when someone's hurt or crying or sad because they don't know what to tell the individual. And so what I hear you saying, LaToya, 
is just listen. Just listen because that's, that's, that's what I need in that moment. And it's so important as well. I have a 12-year-old daughter. Mm-hmm. And she goes with me wherever I go when I'm doing the retreat, when I'm speaking somewhere. So mm-hmm. she's full aware of the abortion, mm-hmm. right? But we have, even sometimes in the African-American community, mm-hmm. we don't have these conversations. And in that moment, when you have someone who's faced with that, if you've been through that same situation, express that. Mm-hmm. To let her know you fully understand what she's going through because you have so many grandparents and parents who've had abortions but haven't communicated that to their children. Mm-hmm. Now they feel alone and now they go into isolation. Mm-hmm. And so it's just so important to have the conversation. And my daughter's going to be 13. So that. It's so important for me to have that conversation with her to let her know that there is nothing that she can do that will separate her from me, Mm -hmm. that will cause me not to love her, to let her know that she can come and seek me with anything that she may be going through. And I think when we avoid those conversations, we neglect when we neglect the feelings and the love that our children need because we fail to communicate things that we've gone through with them to let them know, hey, I've been there. Because when we don't tell those stories, we leave them out there alone, feeling like they're the only people who have gone through this, but yet I'm holding on to this and I haven't shared it with my son or my daughter to make them feel comfortable, to let them know that, hey, everything's going to be okay. I've been through this and this is how we're going to handle this and this is how I am going to support you. Yes. I, 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 I approve that message. I don't know what you, you, you just, you gave it to them. This is the script. If you missed it, go back and listen to it. Because the truth of the matter is if we do not start creating safe spaces so that individuals can heal their broken hearts, I don't care if you think it was a mistake. I don't care if you think the person shouldn't done it, shouldn't have done it. I don't think if you believe it or not, that's not what exactly. is important. What is important is saying, sis, I got you. Exactly. And having an honest conversation, standing in your truth. Yes. And say, I don't understand it. I've never done it. But what can I do to support you in your season? Exactly. Exactly. That's it. That's it. And so, sis, what I want to go on to say is the next thing is that faith anchor. Because now you had seven years where you didn't think you were worthy of your praise, where you didn't think you were worthy to pray to God, where you didn't think that he heard you. I know you might have been thinking when I had those experiences, when I felt like God wasn't listening, everything that came down the pipe was like, man, this must be some serious bad luck. Is it something that I did? What is it? Is this some curse? You understand those feelings that the enemy wants us to believe, but we break those shackles with truth. And I believe that. And now telling the truth does not mean that now you have to go on social media and tell the truth about all your business. That's not what (laughs) it is. If you listen to what LaToya said, 
Latoya was given permission by God to go help other people. Like, let me be clear about that. Not everyone who's had an abortion has to get on a mic. Not everyone who's had an abortion now has to be on the news talking about it, writing a book about it, doing certain things. That's not. If you heard what she said, she said, God said, I need you to go help some other people set free. That's what I'm saying. And so I think about the faith anchor. And that says trust without reservation. How did you build that relationship back with God? I had to start all over. Mm -hmm. It was like I had to pray and ask God to give me eyes to see what he saw. Mm -hmm. There would be times that I would read the Bible. and I'm just like, I can't see myself in here because of the decision that I made. I couldn't see myself as worthy. I couldn't see myself as beautifully and wonderfully made. You know, I couldn't see myself in those pages, but I had to pray and ask God to give me eyes to see exactly what he saw. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, Rome wasn't built in a day. It took time. It took years Mm -hmm. to get to where I am because I can remember even in my prayer time, I would still have on this mask of perfection going into prayer praying and trying to find the right words to pray because you know when when you're unhealed this is this is how you think when you're unhealed mm-hmm. you just like well god really don't want to hear what i have to say so let me just create some words that maybe will strike his ears maybe he'll hear if i have the right words to say and so i always went in prayer with this mask on pre-thinking you know, premeditated thoughts of what I needed to say so that I can sound good in his sight. Mm. And so I always went not being Latoya, who he created, but Latoya, who saw herself as rejected. And so I, my relationship with, with God was based on my relationship with man. Mm. And it was just like, if man rejected me, then God is going to reject me too. So I could never go before him wholeheartedly because I'm like, he really don't want to hear what I have to say because I'm such a bad person. And that's what shame does to you. It makes you feel like you're such this bad person that you're not worthy of his blessings. And so I had to really begin to strip away and get in the word to really take away those things that I, that I was feeling that had consumed me, that had become kind of like the armor like the armor of god the shame Mm -hmm. i had an armor of shame and so i had to begin to take those those layers off through prayer through fasting just getting delivered and Mm. reaffirmed in who i was and making sure that i was around people who affirmed that as well Mm. and i just i really just had to I mean, my healing journey is still going, but it is way better than what it used to be. And all I know now is that all I know is God's word. Mm -hmm. All I know is that he loves me where I once felt unworthy. He calls me valuable now Mm. where I once felt shame. He says, I'm going to honor you where I once felt this mess. He's like, there's beauty in your mess. 
And so I just really had to learn to accept that I'm imperfect, that I'm a person that makes mistakes because I would work just thinking that thinking that everything had to be perfect to put on this facade that nothing was wrong. Because when you tell yourself, you know, you tell other people, I'm good, I'm good. Mm -hmm. Maybe you tell them so much that you begin to believe that you're good so that Mm -hmm. you don't have to put up or face the situations, you know, that we're in. But I just really had to dig deep and go through some deliverance and just let God handle me because on my own, a hot mess. Hot mess. Aren't we all a hot mess? <laughs> hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> on our own, we are hot, hot, triple hot mess. Okay. Yeah, I'm telling you, I was quadruple hot mess. I was, oh. So we me. can go, we can go back and forth and say, no, no, no. I was a hot mess. <laughs> and Ooh. one of the things I teach is that you can't compare someone's grief journey. So I'm going to let you keep your hot mess. I'm going to keep my hot mess. But what we have in common, baby, is yeah, that God man. restores. Yes, God restores. Yes. God restores. And so that goes into the, the, um, the fifth anchor that I teach is restoration anchor, emotional well-being. And it means going back to the place of peace, not the way we describe it, the way God describes it. Because I think people, when you, when you do something that's called wisdom tax or dang, I was stupid about making that decision or man, I'm going to be wearing, carrying this the rest of my life till I go to my grave. Um, we often try to go back to what was before that decision. What does restoration look like for you in your peace journey? Ooh, I was just talking about this last night on the live and Mm -hmm. I was brought to Mark 14 when the woman brought her perfume, the most Mm -hmm. expensive thing that she had. And she broke the jar and poured the perfume on Jesus's head. And restoration for me is like she did bringing my perfume, which is those very things that I've been holding on to. And breaking them before Jesus, because in order, something has to be broken in order for something to be released. Mm -hmm. And I have to come broken before him so that I can release whatever is inside of me so Jesus can release unto me. So restoration for me is releasing. Mm -hmm. Releasing those very things that have held you bound, releasing those very things that you have held on to for so long and just knowing that in that moment when I come in brokenness, God's going to give me everything that I need and release me from my past, release me from those negative thoughts. That's what restoration is for me. Bring in whatever my perfume is, whatever I've held on to that I have considered valuable, that I've considered of nothing and bringing it and breaking it before Jesus so that I can get the release that I need. Oh, I love you, sis. I love you too. I love you. And I, and I got to thank you um, for not giving up. I know what dark times feel like. I've had them. And you feel like you're going crazy. 
Yes. And you feel like you're not going to make it through. Yes. But I'm so excited that you decided to take everything and just give it back to him and allow him to put you back together. Yes. It's, it's, know, that only way he knows how to. The only way, because it's, it's hard because, you know, mm-hmm. when you're unhealed, you try to control everything mm-hmm. and you have to surrender to God because that's the only way he's able to put those broken pieces of your life back together mm-hmm. because you're like, people have taken this control from me and this is the only control that I have over my life. And I don't want to give that up. Mm-hmm. But when I release that and surrender unto God, it makes it so much better. Yeah. It makes it so much better. And it makes me sad. And you probably still remember walking into that building, the fit, the shame and the, the people, you probably still see their faces. Cause sometimes when you have an event that is just shakes you up, it is etched in your DNA. It is etched in your mind. It's like this, it's like the devil uses it to remind you of everything that he wants you to believe. But if it were not for his grace, yes. If, if it, were, it not, were not for his grace. Yes. What he said, he said, I, I lift you up out of the miry clay mm. and set your feet on solid ground. And now I'm able to say, you know, I'm not moved how I used to be moved. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's good. I'm a, I'm a new creation in yes. Christ. Yes. It's good. It's good. Mm. It's good. I have three questions to ask you. Okay. One of the questions before we end is one word to describe your grief journey. Hard. It was hard. Okay. Hard. Mm-hmm. Two. What have you learned about yourself during your crossroad? That I'm actually stronger than what I thought I was. Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes people think, that's why you think, God, take my life. I don't think I'm going to make it through here. I can't hurt any more than this. But once you come through it, baby, you can look back and say, oh, you think talking about me hurts me, baby? I've been through worse. You think talking hurt me, baby? I've been through worse. I've been through some... (laughs) Don't tell me anything I hadn't already thought about myself. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I realized that I'm stronger than what I I actually thought I was. Good, good. And my last question: What truth are you holding on to today? <sighs> what truth am I holding on today? I am holding on to Luke thirteen twelve. That is my truth. Woman, you are free. Mm. Okay, don't have I made it through without crying now. I made it through without crying. I embrace my emotions and allow them to flow through, but come on, Jesus. That one. Mm. Yes. That Say one. that again. Say that again. Woman, you are free. This is my truth. Woman, That's you are free. Truth. You're free. 
sis. Thank you for joining me on Redefining Grief. Thank you for joining me to help individuals get unstuck so that they can start purposeful living again. And now before I let you go, you got to tell us where people can find you now. I can't just be telling them about you and not you not tell us where they can find you. Where exactly. are you up to? I know you got a bomb devotional, 31, yeah. 31 day devotional for women. Tell us where they can find you. Give us the inside juice of how they can connect with you. Okay. Well, first of all, again, thank you so much for the opportunity. This has been such an amazing interview and I just can't thank you enough for allowing me to, you know, come and be with your grief crusaders. And so um, you can find me um, on my website, www.latoyamatthews, and that's with one T in Matthews.com. And I am also on Instagram and Facebook at the T-H-E Latoya Matthews. Um, you can find my um, devotional called Discovery on Amazon, and it's called Discovery, 31-Day Devotional Journal for Women. Um, it provides a short devotional with journaling pages where you can just capture your thoughts at the moment that you're reading the devotional. And I also have a two-day transformational retreat called Woman, You Are Free that we're going to be doing in September. And hopefully I'll be able to see her dean there as well. So, and also. Um, I have a four-week and an eight-week program called Beauty for Ashes, mm -hmm. which provides a roadmap for women to begin their healing journey um, and finding beauty in the ashes of post-abortion and just really helping them move from where they are and start their healing journey. Thank you. Thank you for showing up for your life because too many people aren't. And so Thank you. both are... Both our missions is to help, help help people free. And I'm honored. Yes. I'm honored to have you as my P2P sister. All right. Yes, so Thank you. Thank, Thank you. Now, what did I tell you? Didn't I tell you that that dialogue between my P2P sister was going to be amazing? I know. I know. I say every show is amazing, but they just get better and better. Because I really, 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 really do believe that when individuals find safe places where they can talk about it, be about it, and not feel judged but supported, it activates them. Yeah, it activates them. And so, Latoya, thank you for saying yes. Thank you for showing up for your life. And I know what it's like to live in my purpose and love what I do every morning when I get up. So I know this journey may be fearful, scary, but it won't be anything than what you experienced on that first day. And for that, I love you unconditionally. I love you unconditionally. I wish you all the best, sweetie. You know I'm cheering for you. You know I'm rooting for you. And I want nothing but the best. Now, to my grief crusaders, just want to give you another reminder that I am doing my very first mastermind, free mastermind group, where you want to come and um, just have a good time and learning about grief. Listen, do I sound like I make grief boring? 
I have to be honest, one of the things or one of the reasons why I did not want to do grief work was because I never saw anybody talk about it in in a way that was empowering, life-changing, motivating, encouraging, and funny all at the same time. It is a difficult subject to talk about this grief thing, but as long as we can do it together, our dear grief crusaders, everything will be okay. So I am urging you, once you stop, rate the podcast. Don't forget, rate the podcast episode with a five. Thank you very much. And leave a comment. I want you to go. I want you to go to herdeanmercier.com backslash masterclass herdeanmercier.com backslash masterclass that's where you're gonna go and guess who's gonna be there you Ooh, guess who's gonna be there me me and I cannot wait to see you I can't wait to help you get unstuck in this area called grief are you sick and tired of being sick and tired are you sick and tired of saying you sick and tired then you want to show up so we can help you get tired of <laughs> help set you free from being sick and tired. OK, help set you free from not understanding why the pain deep down in your soul hurts, which is causing you to mask it in every other way that is not healthy, whether it's eating too much or eating too little or having brain fog. I am going to be, be discussing all of that giving you the details yummy juice about grief so you want to show up register at her dean mercier backslash masterclass i love you all i really do visit me on all my social media platforms but where i like to hang out baby baby where i like to hang out is instagram ciao ciao and also we can connect on linkedin too Ah, i'm on linkedin too at herdeen mercier have an amazing day y'all it's hot out there right it's hot with all this yucky stuff this virus is still here remember to be safe and also wear your mask of protecting your mental peace and to the best that you can Laya, bye bye.